Well, hello and welcome to the Raising Kids in the Bible podcast. My name is Eleanor and in a little bit, I'm going to be joined by Lisa. Our goal in this podcast is to encourage and equip you as Christian parents to raise your kids in the Bible, knowing and trusting God's good plan for their lives. Lisa and I are reading through Ed Drew's book, uh, Raising Confident Kids in a Confusing World. And each episode of this podcast, we're going to be chatting through one of the chapters of that book. Uh, This week, we're up to chapter number two. Um, And so if you haven't read that or you haven't got a copy of the book yet, can I really suggest you go and grab a copy? Uh, You can get one from the Good Book Company website. There's a link in the description below, but I'm sure it's also available from other Christian booksellers as well. Uh, We're going to do our best to give a a true and faithful representation of what Ed says uh, in this chapter, but we really do recommend going and reading it for yourself so you can get the most out of what we're going to be saying and chatting about so you really know what what we're talking about when we say it. I'm going to start by uh, giving a quick little summary of what he says in chapter two and then I'm going to be joined by Lisa and we'll chat through um, how it really hits home for us as Christians uh, and particularly for Lisa as she parents her three kids, um, how this chapter really um, hits the ground and what what it looks like on the ground floor. Uh, So how about we get into what is chapter two all about? So chapter two starts by asking the question, uh, what do you really want most for your kids? Uh, Are we seeking behavior change or are we seeking heart change? Are we, it's our goal for our kids to be, for them to be kids who do the right thing all the time uh, or for kids who know that they can't meet the mark, that they can't measure up, they can't do the right thing all the time. And so they seek out the one who can. Ed takes us through the story of Zacchaeus' encounter with Jesus in Luke 19. Uh, Luke has Zacchaeus as this undisputed bad guy. And yet Jesus wants to go to his house to eat. Jesus wants to align himself with bad guy Zacchaeus. Jesus picked the bad guy out of a whole crowd to call his friend. And so Ed makes clear that Jesus is not in the good behavior business. Jesus is in the salvation business. And when he saves us, he changes us from dead to alive. When he saves us, he adopts us into his precious family. And so Ed says, behavior is important, absolutely, but it's far less important than the heart change that Jesus is on about. And just like Zacchaeus, after heart change happens, well, behavior change then follows suit. How about I read to you from page 31, just a little snippet of Ed's chapter. Um, so on page 31, Ed says, Jesus came for you because you were lost. Jesus did not come for us because we go to church. Jesus did not come for us because we were ready and waiting. He did not come for your kids because they are well behaved or know the answers in Sunday school. Jesus came for our children because they were lost and might still be lost. And when Jesus gets involved, salvation happens. He is not primarily in the business of behaviour improvement or increased church attendance, though he does a great line in both. He is in the salvation business. All right, let's go and chat with Lisa. as a Christian where did this hit home for you? Um, 
Oh, I always really love going back over Grace. Mm. And um, I think he talks about Grace in Chapter 3 a little bit more too, if I remember rightly. Um, but, yeah, there's no better place to go, you say, in parenting mm. or in life as a Christian just to be reminded of um what's going on in our hearts mm. and how much we need Jesus. Mm. And I think he was just really clear in the difference between religion and um, the gospel. And um, he used the story of Zacchaeus to do that. Um, and I'm just going to read, there was a sentence he had in there. He said, Jesus excused nothing that Zacchaeus had done and yet chose him. Mm. And I think I was, again, struck by the fact God has chosen us, that he sees all of who I am, my mistakes, my failures, my sin, and um, and yet he's, he saves us. Going from death to life is the best gift that mm. I could ever have. Um, so that was really yeah, that did hit home, I think. And it builds on that last chapter in Chapter 1 where it talks about um, our identity. And so the change from being stuck in sin, mm. I, I don't have to live in that identity. I live in the new the new um, person that Jesus has made me to be. Um, and so being good enough for God is not a question anymore mm. <laughs> for me. Um in parenting or in, yeah, just living life. Mm. Um, yeah, Jesus is is the one who died and rose again for me. Um, and also being reminded of my lostness um, in when things are going well, when things are not going well, both, both times in my life I think I still try and do things on my own, mm. <laughs> try and make, fix the problem, yeah. make it right, um, instead of running to that place of grace and sitting at the foot of the cross and going, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. a sinner. Yeah. I'm a sinner and I need Jesus. Um, and out of that thankfulness and forgiveness, I can live, yeah, mm. live, living for him and, yeah, and that's where the, the change in identity and the behaviour can mm. follow. So, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was, um, Ed, Ed uh, in amongst talking about Zacchaeus, um, pulled out Ephesians 2, um, saying, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgression, in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Um, that whole idea of being dead in sin and then being made alive, I think I I often forget how, how dead dead is. Yeah. Like yeah, that, yeah. there's nothing happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> like you think, oh, yeah, yeah, I was okay and then I was made alive. Yeah, no, yeah. you were dead. <laughs> you would like I remember doing it in kids' church, Ephesians yeah. 2, last year or the year before, yeah. and we got out a skeleton. And yeah. It was like and kids had to compete against the skeleton for yeah. running races and they always won because yeah. skeleton's dead. It yeah. can't do anything. And so just that idea yes. that we were dead, like we actually could, there was nothing yeah. we could do to save ourselves. Totally. Um, yeah. Whereas I think I often trick myself into thinking, oh, you were okay, yeah. but Jesus made you better. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 you were dead, like dead, yeah. done. <laughs> you could not save yourself. You could not even try. You didn't even want to, but yeah. he's made us alive in Jesus. Totally. Um, 
just such gr- um, huge grace he's given us in that mm. in that situation. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So as a parent, where does this hit home for you and how you parent your kids? Um, I think, again, it starts with um, my identity um, and how I talk about that with our kids. So being dead but alive now and um, he at the end of the chapter he was talking about because of being made alive we're now adopted into mm. the family and um, and that's because of the love of God so there's so much thankfulness in that um, so as a parent I think I can my language and um, just in the way that I talk to them I think it can really emphasize the behaviors like even in my prayers with them, uh, my mind just goes, I just want you to be good and kind. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> please, God, make you good and kind. <laughs> like, um, they're not bad things. They're good things. But, yeah, it's really focused on the behaviour um, and it's really hard to genuinely go back to what matters and that is their hearts. Um, mm. And so, like... They're always measured in the world by, and, and we are too as, as adults, but um, achievement or good grades or a goal at soccer or, um, yeah, even as they grow a good job, what are they going to do after they leave school, that kind of thing. Mm. But, um, again, coming back to do they know Jesus? Do they know that they're a sinner and that he's come to save them from their deadness mm. um, or am I focused as a parent on more about what the world cares about? Um, yeah, and how am I showing them Christ, I think? Um, because when I think about parenting, it's really uh, I just think about mess. <laughs> I just think about mess and like my own embarrassment of what are they going to do when they're outside the home or, um, yeah, and I think that's that's the reality of parenting. We're not we're not um, doing something that we know how to do. Like when we're not doing mm. something that we're experts at. Yeah. Um, but God's put us in the right place and he's given us the kids that he has for, for a good reason. Like there's mm. a purpose in who he has together. Um, and so, yeah, as I parent, I think it really helped me to lift my eyes again to modelling my own s- struggles, um, modelling forgiveness. Mm. Um, I find it easy to say sorry. I find it hard to ask them to forgive me because mm. I'm like, oh, that feels like a bit hard thing for a child to do <laughs> um, in the sense of, uh, oh, I'm sorry I yelled at you in that situation. Please, I, I always forget that second bit. Please mm. forgive me. Mm. But I think as an adopted child of God, um, I can do that. I know Jesus has forgiven me. I can mm. ask someone else to forgive me um, and that they can understand. I think we, um, as in our family, um, we haven't spoken a, a lot about saying sorry. Mm. Um, and so their ideas of... Um, repentance and saying sorry and um, the change of heart I think are still coming from the world Mm. (laughs) Um, I think we've got more work to do there as parents Um, 
Yeah, and I've heard our children talk about saying sorry being a sign of weakness. Mm. And um and I think that really shows that their misunderstanding of what's going on in our hearts. Um and yeah. and that we are not um saying sorry because we're um trying to make ourselves better mm. or get better at something or try and sweep our failings under the carpet. Mm. Um, Yeah, so I feel like we've got work to do there as parents to really try and help their hearts understand and our own hearts um, that death to life in the circumstances of what they're facing. Um, And then, again, the the labels that the world gives us, I think that builds on that chapter one identity stuff. So, uh, yeah, I've messed up here. I've done this wrong. Um, Well, yeah, maybe, and we can talk about that. But the label that God gives you is that you're his child and you're Mm. loved and that you can run to him um, for forgiveness. I think he'll talk a bit more about that in chapter three as well. But, yeah, um, that it's not. Um, your worth is not based on your good and bad behaviours. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mm. uh, and I don't talk enough about that with our kids, I think. Um, it's hard to remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. In the moment of, yeah. please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> um, can you think of an example where you've seen this playing out in your family? Um, yeah. Well, for me, I think... Um, uh, I think I have a lot of doubt. So, and I think that comes from that um, religious kind of bent in me to go, oh, I really want them to be good and better at this um, mm. and trying to take things into my own hands. And then the doubt question that comes into my mind is, can God really do something in them? Is this mess? of life um are we making any progress i'm <laughs> just going through the same things over and over again um can i actually see through the um frustrations and the i guess the hurt sometimes that they can cause mm. um to see that jesus is really what they need um or am i stuck in my doubt <laughs> of can god really work in their lives can god Mm. really be the one that they turn to um can he do enough work in their hearts to show them who he is um and can Mm. i be patient while he does that because i'm one to you know tick that job off yeah 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 (laughs) but it's it's a patient work isn't it it's patient Mm. waiting to see what god does um so i think that's an example from my own life as i thought about it um and then the other one that i've heard myself saying um and kind of stopped myself the other day was um we were in a scenario where things are going very wrong and from a place of frustration I was just like one day it's just going to be too late (laughs) you're really going to hurt someone do this do that and it's just going to be too late you're not going to be able to take back that action and you can't repair it Mm. um and there's kind of an okay bit there with the warning of um, don't take advantage of grace. I think, mm. but the way I said it, they wouldn't have understood that because I was coming from 
a very big place of frustration mm. and anger. But um, I think this chapter reminded me that um, I want to offer them the kind of picture that there is no other place that you can go and that mm. it won't be too late for Jesus to offer you mercy and forgiveness. Like that's a safe place mm. to run when things have gone wrong and you've hurt somebody or you've mm. done the wrong thing um, that, um, yeah, yeah, Jesus mm. can forgive. Yeah. He, he chases after us. He wants to save the lost mm. um, and that um, that they can go there <laughs> and, and we'll help them with that. Um, yes. Yeah, mm. so those two things I think have been kind of playing out in our lives and, yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to yet have another conversation about one day it'll be too late mm. <laughs> and changing that um, that warning to something more comforting and attractive in that Jesus can offer you a place of mercy and forgiveness. Mm. Yeah, so I look forward to when I can do that. <laughs> Um, and kind of related to that, um, there was an example in our week where um, then our last name um, was, I was kind of using it in just a fun collective, come on, let's go kind of way. Mm. And it, but it had been used at school in a different way. And so um, it was a label I was using. It was a label that was used at school. Mm. Um, and one of our children was very upset by that. Um, mm. Because in both places they thought, oh, this is being used in the wrong way. I feel teased. Yeah. They, they were feeling teased by mm. it. Um, so we did get to have a conversation about labels after that happened. Mm. And so that was really good because following on from Chapter 1 and, and now Chapter 2, the label that the world gives, mm. even our last names, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, is insignificant compared to the labels that God gives us. You're a child of his. You're always yep. loved. You can never be teased by that um, mm. as far as, you know, what you know. I mean, someone mm. might tease you for it, but you're adopted mm. by him. You're a, you're a son in our family. You're a son in his family. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, they're the kind of areas that I've seen it play out this week. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, Lisa. Yes. So, and thanks for your honesty in those things. Like that's yeah. so, <laughs> it's so good to hear. Um it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's like everyone, everyone's a mess. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Some, but we don't try to pretend that we're not. Yeah, yeah. And so it's really refreshing when someone's like, oh, no, I'm a mess. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> and mean. it feels like a mess. Yeah, and yeah. you go, oh, okay, it's not just me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it feels yeah. like a mess. <laughs> so thank you. No <laughs> Well, I hope that discussion has been helpful for you as you think through what is it that I truly want most for my children. Uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, what Ed has to say about Ephesians 2, that passage in Ephesians 2. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to read what Ed has to say on page 33. Uh, so Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 and then verses 4 and 5 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. 
And Ed says this, Ephesians 2 is true of our children no less than it is true of us. Apart from Christ, they, like we, are spiritually dead, facing an existence without anything good. With Christ, they are spiritually alive, enjoying life now and life forever that is free, full, secure, eternal. If we believe this, it places all other priorities in the background. It also places all other delights and encouragements in the background as well. Well, Lise and I are praying for you as you seek to raise your kids to know and love Jesus, as you seek Jesus as the highest thing for their lives. We'll see you next time. 